Well, Bo, we were back to the land of mountains and crazy crashes up in Styria <laughs> at the Red Bull Ring. I mean, it. Was, I, I love. This is one of. Hold on, Jason. This is on. one circuit. Uh-oh. This this was a fiery weekend in <laughs> oh, Austria. Oh, there we go. So this is the second time in two years that we've had fire on track in Austria. Oh my goodness. But this this year, I don't think it was due to the track. I think it was just an unlucky incident, I, you know, with Danny Pedroza and Savadori. But let's talk about the setting of the Red Bull Ring. Is there a more beautiful track setting than this track in Spielberg? Absolutely not. I hate it. I hate watching it because as soon every time that it, they start giving you know the the helicopter shots and panning around, I, I want to book a flight. I want to go, you know, I want to get over there. No, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's a beautiful place. I mean, Mugello is a little like that as well, but this, I, the Red Bull ring is, is definitely a place I am putting a, making it a point that I will at least go watch a race there. If I can turn some wheels on that track, I will try my best, but, um, we're def- uh, hey, listen, let's go ahead. Let's make it packed right now. We're going to go to the Red Bull ring and watch a race. I'm good. Yep. Let's do it. Pit Byer, okay. if you're listening, come on, get us over there. Aki Io, listen, we have done yeah. nothing but sing your praises this entire season. That's right, Aki Io and get Red Bull. Listen, seat. Red Bull KTM, get us in over there. We're very helpful. I well, <laughs> I can walk, so I can carry tires. Bo, a little more on that later. <laughs> but by the time we get there next year, Bo will be good to go. He'll be walking. <laughs> so he, but he can only you know can't carry anything heavy. But it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, but let's talk about the Moto Three race first in this place. Pedro Acosta wins well, it. Sergio yeah. Garcia, Sergio Garcia second, and Romano Fanati in third. Great race by Fanati. But so what you're telling me is that the summer break didn't slow Pedro Acosta down at all. The summer break made Pedro Acosta more Pedro Acosta, if you want my opinion on it. You know, he got in. He was in. He got into the lead on lap. Uh, three, um, yeah, and then he dropped back into second in, from lap four until lap twenty-two. Then decided to take the lead again. You know, obviously on the last lap and pass for the lead and bring home the win. So Pedro Costa did nothing but manage this race the entire way through. Yeah, and, unbelievable race. I mean, really, uh, the racecraft is what impresses me well, most about Acosta. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the the, the dreaded thing here. Who does this? Oh, no. Yeah, I'm gonna say the who does this remind you of? A couple years ago in Thailand, Mark Marquez did this exact same thing to Fabio Cordaro in numerous races. And Thailand's the one that really kind of stands out to me because Fabio led that entire race until two laps to go when Mark Marquez said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and pass you and I'm going to win this race. What year was this? 19? 18? 18 or 19? 18, 19. Well, Cordaro didn't come into the field until 19. So it was 19 then. So maybe. Um, But I... I don't know that Acosta reminds me of Marquez, and I've I got some thoughts on Marquez, but oh jeez, but I think Acosta. I don't, I don't really know if I can compare him to anyone because no one's done what he's done. I I think his writing style is 
a little bit like Marquez because he doesn't seem to care when he loses the rear, loses the front, whatever. Let's just get it back together and go. Did you see turn um, nine too? When he yeah, when he passed yeah. Sergio Garcia, the front was gone. My man just doesn't care. So in that regard, he does remind me of Marquez. Marquez is the undisputed master of the save. It doesn't matter. He can do it. Um, or at least he used to be able to. And Acosta is a little bit like that. So I am I am super interested to see where this kid goes. But he rode an amazing race. And I yeah. I don't I don't know. We can't say anymore. I mean, he's doing everything right right now. Like you said, he follows Sergio Garcia, learns where he's better than Sergio Garcia, sees where Sergio is weak, where Sergio is strong. And then he forced, he knew he had a little more pace. You could see it on the front straight, especially. He was pulling out early, sitting up early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he forced, when he passed Sergio, he said, okay, see if you can come follow me. So see how much you have in your bag. Well, it forced Sergio into a crash, but they were so far ahead, Sergio still finished in second. Yeah, um, so that I'm glad you said that too, because that's what I wanted to highlight about Sergio Garcia is, to me, that action of you crash the bike on the last lap, you know, your first instinct, it, to me, it, you know, if he got, if we've seen some other riders that would have just thrown their hands up and gotten frustrated and, and not ran to the bike like he did. But no, he ran straight to that bike, picked up, looked at the gap behind him, got back on the bike, and still got second place. That, to me, is such a mature headspace that he's in is is awesome for as young as these guys are. And I yeah. that, that makes me excited for this rider. Well, Garcia and Acosta, in these kind of mixed conditions that they were racing in, were by far the best. They made the right tire choices. They, yeah. they seemed to handle the bikes well. Um, you know, I, I mean, they just were. Romano Fanati, I want to take nothing away from you, man, but you were 15 seconds behind Sergio and Acosta, so you were never a threat until Costa, until Garcia crashed. Um, but I he thought, did a great job. I, I think thought Fanati was going to finish. I thought Fanati's finish was going to be worse than that too, because he kind of dropped off that off of both. He did. You know, and yep. and I was afraid that that drop was going to continue down through the grid, and and it really didn't. You know, it stalled right nope. there, and he, he did have the pace to stay with Jamal Massey, and then you know, and ultimately yep. passed Jamal Massey at the at the end of the yep. race. That's right, he did, and he and he did a great job. I mean, I thought the same. <clears throat> I thought, well, he's going to lose it here, but but he didn't. Did a great job to come back and snatch that podium from Masia. Uh, Masia finished fourth, so a good race finish for Masia. He would have loved to have the podium, but you know, we saw, I saw a, a smart Masia out there. That was easy to crash in those conditions, right? Yeah, part of the lane yeah, is dry, part of it's wet, and he didn't. Ayumi Sasaki, same thing. Uh, crazy boy. Needed some finishes, and this would have been easy to throw it away, and neither one of those guys did it. It was great. Darren Bender is doing whatever Patronus is doing right now. I have no idea. Like, You know, Darren Bender I, didn't I, I, obviously change his tires on the grid, and he was on slicks. He did. He went slick. He, he was faster than the boys at the end of the race. He just needed but, more laps. He he had to have. That's right. You know, that's he was right. he was t- obviously twenty seconds off the off of the finish. So I mean, yeah, he needed a lot more laps but, than that. Yeah. So they they just made the wrong choice there. But you know, you can't. What are you going to do? I mean, right. We've seen Marquez yeah. make the right choice and and win it by a mile. So he he took a gamble. It didn't pay off. But I, I don't. I didn't understand the gamble. Like I I saw one corner when they started that was kind of dry, had a dry line. 
beyond that, there was spray coming up. You know what I mean? And I felt like yeah, I, but I you also like don't know, a, you know, if the cloud if the clouds clear. You know, if the clouds clear, that track dries a whole lot faster than it did during that. You race. don't know. You don't know how fast it dries. You never been there. We just talked about that. Well, maybe if Akiyo would get us tickets, we could go, and I could tell you. For That's that. right. I That's what I'm saying. So well, I, say, well, I, I, I'm just kidding. I think you're right. <laughs> I, I think they took a shot at trying to, you know, pull a, a rabbit out of the hat. Yeah. But you know who also tried to pull a rabbit out of the hat and had to start at the back of the grid after oh winning my. pole? Dennis Onchu. Terrible. Oh my gosh. I, I that that I don't put that on Don Chu. He doesn't change tires. I don't put that on him. That's his team. They messed up. They screwed him. They really did. And yeah. I'm I'm sad for him. Um the you know I I just I can't man. imagine that kind of uh I can't imagine that emotion that you would have on the bike trying to manage that Ask race. Ask Joe knowing, Roberts. Yeah, knowing that you have set pole position, you know, you're you're starting you're you're at your your company's, you know, your team's home Grand Prix, you know, KTM, you're on Tech 3 with, uh, you know, with Hervé, Pontreal, you know, you've tried to do what you could do to, to show this KTM factory team what you're about. You've tried all yep. year long to do well. You finally put it on pole position. You're there to start. Then you get that, that kick in the gut that you've got to start, uh, you know, back of the grid. And, um, and the fact and knowing Dennis on Chew, how kind of a wild card he's been all year long and how his finishes haven't always been so consistent. You know, he's had some pretty strong conversations with Hervé Pontreal and that team about those finishes and about bringing the bike home for him to still manage that and to come home to finish the race and, and not, you know, not Bennett trying to to, you know, go out and win the win the day. Um, I, I think it's still it's not a good finish. He didn't get points, but to me, it's still it's good for him that he finished the race. I'm glad of that. And like you said, I mean, me too. It, I, I hate that I hate that it happened the way that it happened for him. Um, but they but, can't uh, put this on Dennis. Right, this was right, not right, Dennis. Right, right. The team, that's team. The team messed up. So, um, with that, you know, moving on down to number seven, my man, the street fighter himself. Right, you say Yamanaka. Now I don't know if that's his nickname, but right, you say I'm following you on Instagram. If you see it, coin you're it. A street fighter. Yes, <laughs> that's start, right. Start wearing. Coin it. it. Yep. Hey, listen. Do you want us to make a flag and hang it on the banner? We'll hang it over our at our suite. Right. We'll do that. I'll do it. <laughs> Let's do it for sure. Well, do you want to hang your pole, a Spargaro flag, up too? <sighs> we'll talk. <laughs> I don't know how many bets I've lost so far. Oh, it's so many. <laughs> um, but, no, if you lose any more, you're going to have to walk around drape with that flag over your shoulders at MotoGP. <laughs> that is, that's how many you've lost. Um, so, number eight, Yuki Kuni, which is a great finish for him in, in, uh, in these conditions. Mm -hmm. And then uh, number nine was Maximilian Koffler and then Adrian Fernandez. So, I don't know where John McPhee was. I, I don't think... Was he on slicks as well? He must have been on slicks. I um, think so. You know, there's because some... these conditions seem to me would have would have fit the Scotsman. And I was like, why don't you just put this man... What what did Pedro Acosta go with? Okay, so Pedro Acosta, number... You know, what did they go with? They went... Front row went with slicks? No. they Two of them went with rain tires. Okay, I'm going rain tires too. You know what I mean? Because yeah. at least you're in the same boat. But... Um, I think 
we didn't really get a true accounting of who's fast at this track because of those conditions. But I was really surprised that McPhee wasn't farther up. But I, I do believe that's attributed to his choice of slicks. I think he and Bender both chose slicks. Well, you could say um, this. You could say that about just about a lot of folks that are at, that are below the top ten. You know, what I mean, yeah, absolutely. We've got some big names that are not normally this far down. You know, Philip Salich, um, John McPhee, Gabriel like said, Rodrigo, Gabriel Rodrigo, Tetsu Suzuki. You know, um, Stefano Nepa, yeah. and and even Dennis Foggia, who's won a couple races this year so far. Yeah. You know, so did. Was this really Dennis Foggia or just twin brother come? Right. Yeah, we've got the uh, we've mean, got the evil Foggia I mean, this weekend at Austin. Yeah. Is what we my got, goodness. So. I mean, he was nowhere all weekend. So, um, you know, but hopefully this week this week will be better on in terms of uh, weather. Right. We get yeah. a little bit more consistent weather. That'll be helpful. I uh, did what like else you the fact that we. Uh, well, I just wanted to mention. I did like the fact that we got on the podium every version of the KTM that we could have gotten. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely right. I mean, you had you had you know the Aki IO Red Bull, uh, and then you had the Gas Gas. I mean, uh-huh. and, and the Husqvarna. Husqvarna Square. Yeah, rounding out. So yeah, I mean, and every every corner was represented of the KTM Empire. I think. <laughs> I mean that's that's great, really. It is three different manufacturers. That's awesome. I love it. Well, so let's move on to Moto Two. And okay. Marco Bezzecchi breaking through with his first win of the year. Congrats to Marco Bezzecchi. Aaron Canet finishes second, and Augusto Fernandez finishes third. So this is the first time we haven't had at least one Red Bull KTM on the podium. And it's the first time in a long time they haven't been one two, or at least one. It, one of them was in the first place. So that was interesting. At least I, I was happy for Bezeki. He he did a great job managing the conditions and and did it. You know, uh, obviously we saw um, Remy Gardner make a mistake there and you know ruin his chance for the win, but. He, he did pull it together and ended up finishing fourth, so yeah. definitely not a disaster. Um, especially because he still beat Raul Fernandez, his teammate and closest challenger uh, to the throne. So what did you think about Bezeki's ride? I thought it was an awesome finish for Bezeki. Uh, I thought that this is – was such it was really good to see him back, um, you know, and, and – managing the race all you know he was didn't drop below third place um all race long um Aaron Kinnett was you know Aaron Cadet's kind of turning into a dogfighter I think a little bit and so I think that he's uh he's coming on strong too but no Betsecki this was a fantastic finish for him and um I think you know hopefully this could be uh kind of renewed effort for him this season kind of kicking sure. gear and maybe you yeah, see him absolutely. take the fight to Remy just a little bit you know just to make more exciting yep. races because these guys get a little yeah. bit stretched out and yeah um, I, I i was i was happy definitely happy to see betsecki back though yeah absolutely I, well i was i was i was also and i think you know it's been a long road for him he's done a great job managing his season it hasn't gone the way he wanted but he hasn't thrown it away right you know, this was this was a big deal. This was a this was a good finish for him, and maybe moving forward, he'll start to really challenge those two KTM guys. Aaron Kinnett, same thing. Great ride in tricky conditions. It was mostly dry, but it'll still be a little tricky. Um, and he did a great job. And and really, he led. Um, well, no, he didn't lead, but he he really harassed Bezeki 
for the whole race, really. He was there. And uh, I was I was happy. I thought, man, this guy's just, he's riding phenomenally today. And uh, that's that's what we want to see. That's the Aaron Connect we want to see every weekend. So hopefully that'll continue. Augusto Fernandez I was happy about because he's, you know, he's not up there all the time. He should be, but he's not always on the podium, and, and he's got the pace to do it, I think. He just has to get his head around it. No, absolutely. Yeah, he definitely showed some late race pace, um, and he kind of worked his way, you know, through the pack. He was coming back up fairly quickly. So, um, I, you know, if it had a few more races, or excuse me, a few more laps, I wonder, you know, if he would have made up a couple more spots. But, uh, you know, someone else, you know, we, we mentioned briefly uh, Remy Gardner, you know, making the mistake and then coming back on track and salvaging you know, his finish and finish in front of his teammate. But um, Ayagura uh, really looked good this weekend and in this race. And I was really, really hoping to see Ayagura. Um, you know, he was up in third place there uh, on lap 21 and 22. And and I really, really wanted to see Ayagura take his first podium, but it just didn't uh, didn't pan out this weekend. But hopefully, it's it's got to be coming soon for him. I mean, he's riding phenomenal right. this year for a rookie. And if he's not, if if Raul Fernandez wasn't having the year that he's having this year, we're looking at Ayagura as a rookie of the year without a doubt. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Well, it's you know, and another person that had a great race was Chelsino Vietti, yep, absolutely. who seems to be making some steps forward finally with the Moto Two bike. So hopefully that will continue. Um, you know, he finishes in sixth, and I, I really, he just had great pace this weekend, mm-hmm. and I was really impressed with that. I, I have been wondering when slash if he was going to come to grips with this Moto Two machine, and he seems to be getting there. So I'm hopeful that it continues. So if you look at the lap chart, you know, from this race, Celestino Vietti starting in 19th position and ending in sixth place with these bikes that are essentially spec bikes, you know, in the same power plants. I mean, this is not a, an easy track to make overtakes on. Um, You know, there's only a few passing zones. I mean, there's only what, 10, there's only 10 corners. So, you know, you've got three or four passing opportunities with this track, but I, I mean, to continuously work your way through this grid and work your way up this pack uh, you know and how we've seen how competitive these lap times really are in qualifying and practice um to me that's that's a fantastic finish to, for Chelsea Vietti and, and a fantastic race to come from 19th to 6th yeah anytime you make up 13 spots you did a good job now the VR46 Academy really believes in this guy so there's some talent there um and you know I think my hope is that we'll continue to see him improve and get up there fighting for podiums and win soon. Um, In seventh, we had our man Raul Fernandez, who has now been confirmed as the Tech 3 KTM man in MotoGP alongside Remy Gardner next year. Yeah, and this this finish for our Raul Fernandez, um, I don't want to say it's a worrying finish uh, because obviously he's he's still second in the championship, but now... You've got a Marco Obetzeki behind you who's only nine points behind you in the championship. So mm-hmm. this is going to definitely heat up the race for second, I think, uh, for the Moto2 championship this year. And, sure. you know, obviously, Raul Fernandez wants to do better at his team's home Grand Prix as well. You, you know, I mean, you don't want to show up and all the KTM bosses are watching, you know, who they're dumping money into. But, I, you know, they probably aren't thinking that because, obviously, they still gave him a contract for MotoGP. Um one year in Moto2, and they're already shipping this guy off to MotoGP, that shows you how much they really believe in him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and to be fair, 
I, I don't know what he has to prove in Moto2. If he wanted the Moto2 right. World Championship, uh, maybe, but I, I don't think that really matters. Let's let's get him up to the highest level where he was going to go anyway and not waste another year, even though I don't know if it'd be a waste to go win the World Championship, but... If but you also not don't for know his what teammate. He wins either. the world championship, right? Yeah. This is the opportunity. This is these ca- these kids' dreams, you know. So, uh, when right. you're presented with what you've been working for your entire life, you don't want to to think about, well, you know, I could win this championship next year. Well, yeah, you could you could win the championship, or someone could hit you and you could break your leg, you know. So, um, I think to kind of strike while the iron's hot and take the opportunity and to run with it, and especially because, like you said, what does he really have to prove? You know, he's riding shoulder to shoulder with Remy Gardner yep. race after race. This has been one bad race this year, uh, which, you know, can you really call a top 10 as a rookie a bad race, you know, in this class? And then you had one DNF in, uh, in, uh, uh, Germany so you know yep. I'm not, I can't remember yeah. if he's got any more DNFs or not but no but he's had such he a strong not. year uh, you know and he's, year, yeah. he's learned so much I think the natural progression go ahead keep him and Remy together and move them on up yep. together as a team Absolutely. that way if there's good chemistry there in the paddock they're both familiar they've got a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum right now I agree I, I like you said they have great chemistry so let's keep that going why well, I messed it up and he's getting to ride with a solid team within the framework of a team he knows uh, within the factory, he knows. So that's that's going to be great. Um, in eighth place, we had Sumcat Chantra, which is a great finish for him. Uh, and and I was I was the tie rider just looked great out there finishing in eighth. So all credit to him in these in these conditions. He did he did his job and he did it well. Yeah, definitely, completely agree. You know, he did really consistent race. Uh, he was in you know eighth and ninth place for for a while and just kind of ebbed right there with those guys and and held out and. Stayed ahead of who he needed to stay ahead of. So, no, definitely a good race for him. Well, finishing out the top ten, Chad Vieje, Marcel Schroeder, we didn't get much screen time with those guys, you know, mm-hmm. but they were there. Um, you know, Jake Dixon finished in 11th. So, the notables were Sam Lowe's in 14th. And I, I just don't have a clue what happened there. I don't have a clue. But what I did like was that Sam Lowe's went and congratulated Augusto Fernandez on the podium. And I thought, okay, you know, you you can always be a gentleman. You can't always win, but you can always be a gentleman regardless. And I felt like that was a big deal for Sam Lowe's. Now, a lot of people think that's dumb and don't care, but that's a big deal to me. It would be a big deal to me as a team owner that my other rider was like, you know what, I had a terrible race. I ran like crap. But uh, I'll uh, I'll go congratulate my teammate who actually ran a great race. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I wish that there was. You know, we hear all the time as these riders, the first person that, that they want to beat is their teammate. You know, that's the that's the first person you should beat is your teammate. But um, to me, I, I would just I would want to see a teammate succeed. You know, I'd want to I'd want to to keep pushing each other. And not sure. so much compete with one another, you know. Maybe that maybe keep that competition positive and say, okay, you know, keep keep encouraging one another. But obviously, I don't race. I, I've never raced, so I can't speak accurately to that that feeling. Could right. be all well, different. Well, I mean, you know, I, so. it's an individual sport, and everybody's trying to win, and it's hard. But yeah. I think that was a class move. No, um, definitely. Yeah, I agree. So, Bobier crashes at the end of the race. Roberts crashes at the beginning of the race, basically. Uh, Roberts has crashed five out of the ten races, but now Bobier has crashed in four. Um, 
The Americans are irrelevant. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much, but they're irrelevant. So, you know I, mean? I, I don't want to let Bobier completely off the hook here, but I think this was the first time he'd actually ridden here, correct? Even with the Red Bull rookies. It was the first time he's been at this track. First time he's oh, yeah, absolutely. Here. They, they didn't run Red Bull rookies here when he was in there. Yeah, no. So, it's I, just, you're correct. It was his first time. So I don't want to completely let him off the hook because this sucks. You know, let's just let's call a spade a spade. This was, you know, it wasn't a finish at all. It wasn't a good result. It's terrible. You know, pack it up and try again next weekend. You know what the track, you know which way the track goes. Now you know what it's going to bring you. You know what the conditions kind of can can suck here, can change on a whim. Um, yeah. But for for me, the Joe Roberts crash is it shouldn't be happening. I mean these. These DNS. Joe Roberts Joe is struggling. Roberts, he is, and and you know he had such. He he seemed so happy that he was coming into this team, uh, this Ital Trans Racing team this year because they this bike won the world championship last year, and yeah, he was and so excited doing it this that, year. Right? No, absolutely. It's nowhere close. So uh, you know, to me, it it's it's troubling that these results and lack of results are. A consistent thing for Joe Roberts to yeah, me. I think I think it's time for Joe. Honestly, I think we've seen the best of what we're going to see from Joe. I, I think he's been in there three years. We saw him last year doing some great stuff. He had some speed on qualifying, and and we got really excited. But I think I let my desire to want to see an American rider win races over there versus the logic and in my head watching him race i think i i i know better now so i know that joe roberts is not a world champion i know that joe roberts could come back over to moto america and win some more championships um or go to world superbike and maybe he could do well there i don't know but i think we've seen the best of joe roberts that's my opinion i i'm i'm sad because i really don't want that to be but he's not improving, and he, like you said, he's on the one of the best, if not the best, Moto Two teams in the paddock. Well, it's not the best because KTM is the best, but it, it, he, it definitely won the world championship last year. But that team, it needs to be said that Dalaporta is doing absolutely Abs- nothing really this year, any. So I don't know what's happening in it all trans and maybe it's not Joe Roberts, maybe they're handcuffing him, but it doesn't feel that way to me. It feels like Joe is overriding the bike, trying to be fast because the other guys are faster. And I, uh, yeah. that's it. I that's I, what it feels like. I agree with that. You know, I, I think that, you know, possibly there's a little bit of the the HRC situation. Um, with that Tau Trans team, you know, kind of like the Paul Spargo situation where Paul Spargo was so happy to get to the, you know, to the HRC team, you know, the Repsol team yeah, in MotoGP, but then the results just aren't coming, and, you know. And, no. and now, obviously, you know, Joe Roberts doesn't seem to, uh, or at least doesn't get the, the traffic, the media traffic that, that Paul Spargo what, does get about, you know, blaming a bike or anything like that. So I'm not sure what, you know, Joe Roberts is really saying. But We don't know what the problem is. We just, yeah, we yeah, just know he's not winning. And and, and it's it, and my heart goes out to him. You know, I, I want the yeah. results to be there. I want him to succeed. I want him, you know, um, to continue to, to have fun. But like you said, right now it's just not – it's not clicking. No. Something's going on. we got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. That's where I'm at with Moto2. You got anything else to add? I believe that's it, man. 
Well, I do want to say one more thing. I want to know the bow tie story with Aaron Kinnett, and he said he would tell it after he wins a race. So you notice he was wearing a bow tie in the after yeah, post-race interview. I don't know what that's about. I'm curious, though. He got me. He got me. He got me curious. We're intrigued, Mr. Kinnett. We are intrigued. All right, so we'll move on to MotoGP. 